0: The Riley and Kimmy
3: Show. The Streets of San Francisco, a
4: Quinn Martin production, starring Carl Malden. also starring
5: Jimmy. I got one name, Jimmy.
4: Tonight's episode, Mr. Nobody.
1: And that is who I am. Yes, welcome to this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. It's number 1,192. It is a Thursday episode.
6: Hello everybody, hello everybody, 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 everybody.
1: everybody. Hi! Hi there, and welcome to this Throwback Thursday episode. I'm your host, Patrick Riley.
4: Quite a good scene, isn't it? One man crazy three very sane spectators
1: the sane spectators are in the riley and kimmy show studio that's two fur kids they're uh, on their fur bed right behind me and to my left the definitely the the same one the one who keeps me out of trouble that is kimmy hello kimmy hello and welcome to this episode of the riley and kimmy show a throwback thursday night. i guarantee we will go way back with a throwback kind of thing on this episode of the riley and kimmy show all right and by the way big thank you for uh for you uh, uh, taking me to a certain uh, medical person and trying to take care uh, of me. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, just recently, for those who follow uh, my personal Facebook page, know that uh, Kimmy took me to a, well, a certain eye doctor. And I tell you what, uh, you really know who your friends are, especially when you're on your way to that uh, specialist. And uh, one of them's asking if you can leave them your special autographed uh, and special uh, sketch that's in a book, of Neil Adams' book, uh, wanting you to leave that. To them,
4: like will them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, that, that nice.
1: Yeah, that that was really that was that really made me feel good there. That that was that was that was really nice. And you you you're not going to be left off the hook either because. Uh, uh, after the medical specialist uh, visit, the, the eye specialist visit, uh, Kimmy finds me. I don't know where she found this thing. and She gave it to me as a gift—a brand new eyeball, a giant inflatable eyeball. Mm-hmm. I really—that was just so sweet of you, Kimmy. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, I, I, thank don't you. Don't mention it. And you even—you know, know what's even really fun too—is when they are doing the testings and things like that. And they're—in all seriousness aside, not looking for sympathy or anything like this. I have—I truly do have a very, very bad eye. I mean, there's there's no joke about that, right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. But. One of the the specialists, the, the assistants to the surgeon and stuff is, you know, doing the old testing and stuff like that, and she starts quoting a movie to me. And and you're you're giggling back there in the background.
7: Just an eye. God so fit to grace me with a spear.
1: Yes, you two are just having a field day, quoting 300 to me. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank both of you for that. Sure. Yes, I, I – oh, yeah, uh, that was fun. Thank you very much. I yeah. liked her. She's pretty cool. Yeah, yes, she was. The entire staff was. And can't divulge what it, where it was or anything like that, but uh, very good people and uh, – uh, you know, even though I'm scared to death, which is true, uh, you know, they're, they're really cool. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee one thing uh, with the Riley and Kimmy show and even on my personal Facebook page and stuff like that, you're not going to have anybody uh, complaining, moaning, groaning or uh, trying to play sympathy on this at all. This is all my doing. That I caused this whole incident and it's all by my hand that caused this uh, years ago, as he told me more than nine years ago uh, of, uh, you know, someone way back going, hello, <laughs> coming, mm. coming to say hello now. So. Only thing I can ask is if you like the Riley and Kimmy show, uh, please, yes, do a full eye scan and and check out your eyes and please check your blood sugars and things like that. Uh, You know, even if you're afraid to go to the doctor and that you can go simply to any big uh, store like a certain W store and pick up what's called a a glucose meter. Check it. If you are off scale, then do something about it. Don't uh, don't delay. Don't don't try to play John Wayne like I did. Uh, many years ago, it will bite you in the butt. That's the best thing I can say. Correct, Kimmy. Mm-hmm. And maybe someday in the in the near future, I've invited a couple of individuals uh, to do a special episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show where we will talk about how it bit. Some people in the butt and in ourselves and things like that, and we got tips and stuff about that. So if you're really interested in that, we'll have that as a sideshow, it kind of fits with the people I'm going to have as a sideshow. Uh, we'll have that in the near future, right, Kimmy? Uh huh. Yeah. So here we go, Kimmy. Let's uh, let's go into some uh, positive stuff, some pop culture escapism, if you will, on this Throwback Thursday. Are you able? Are you willing to play nerd and pop culture geek trivia? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I look forward to it. Thanks for torturing me. Oh yeah, you sort of saw, you sort of sound like I did when uh, the doctor said, "Oh, please sit down in the chair and let me move it back here." Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I look forward to it. That's just just sound just the same there, Kimmy. All right. Well, hopefully this uh, round of the Riley and Kimmy Show Nerd Trivia will not be for Kimmy like it was for me at the doctor's office recently. <laughs> she will. Uh, I I guarantee Kimmy, it, it won't be. We're going to be asking you some questions. Now, one of the things I want to point out before we do so, the timeline has been adjusted. It is totally out of whack. You mean, up. Yes, it is. It is not linear. It's not chronological. So, since we're going to be asking those questions that are all whacked out of the place... Feel free to shout out answers to Kimmy. Yell at your smartphone. Yes, Todd Merrick, it's okay. You can do that. Uh, feel free to yell at your smartphone. Yes, Blake Ovart, that's okay to yell at your tablet, your 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 laptop, your desktop, whatever computing device you're listening to The Riley and Kimmy Show on because we are mobile. We are global. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth. And be sure to tell your friends about us. Have them like our Facebook page. Help The Riley and Kimmy Show grow. It is a Thursday March 23rd. I wish we could slow time down so I don't have to go back to that doctor. (laughs) Uh, Okay, here we go. Help me get my mind off that, and we're going to have some fun with some trivia to do so. Here we go, Kimmy. It was on this date in history. This United States president first proposed development of technology to intercept enemy missiles. The proposal had a real long name, but it became known as Star Wars. Tell me the name of the president who said, hey... We need Star Wars. What U.S. president did that? Ronald Reagan. That's correct. Now, bonus points, if you can tell me what year within two years that he did that. 86. 1983 was when he did it, but we'll give it to you anyway because that's kind of, you know, uh, I, I don't know, one in one or 10,000. you you tell me the exact time date, they just okay. say... 80s, and <laughs> they'd be, they would be right. It was on his date, the Dixie Cup was invented, Kimmy. You know the Dixie Cup, don't you? Uh-huh. Sure, you know the Dixie Cup. What year was the Dixie Cup invented? Was it 1912, 1922, 1932, or 1942?
6: 1942. It was
1: 1912, the Dixie Cup came to be. ah I almost said that. Eh, probably my guess, I have not researched Dixie Cups because I'm not really a Dixie Cup historian kind of person but i would assume it probably because of dixieland jazz and that would be where the dixie cup oh. probably came from in that time period because that's where that would be right at its its height that's just that's just kind of a little guess you know yeah, okay right. moving over to something else happening on this date in history kimmy the very the first the first successful and it, it didn't look like something i took by the way it's impossible to do this on a cell phone at least well in my opinion well, at least cell phones we have The first successful photo of the moon was taken, give me the year, was it 1910, 1900, 1890, or 1840? 1890. It was 1840. The very first successful photo of the moon was taken. You know, when you try to do that with your cell phone, it just does not quite, you know. Nah, it doesn't
6: look like what you
1: see. That's not it. It, it's just not there. It's just a little dot. <laughs> no matter, and then we try to use the zoom. It just it don't work. Nah. It, it just gets big blur. Sort of like the way I see everything, you know. Mm. Uh, big big blur. Okay, it was on this date in history, Kimmy. This this is a historical moment in U.S. history. Now, did you pay attention to history in school? That is the question. And we will find out if Kimmy paid attention to history include We will find out if Kimmy paid attention to history in school. If she can tell me what famous person said this, quote, tell me who it is. I mean, you heard this one in school. Matter of fact, probably took a quiz or two, and this came up. Here is your clue, Kimmy.
3: I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty
6: or give me death.
1: Kimmy, 1775, that individual said that. Can you tell me who he is one more time?
3: Give me liberty or give me death.
1: Who is the person who said that in 1775? Ben Franklin? No, that is Patrick Henry who said that. Okay. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history. The very first, the first telephone was installed in the White House. Was this 1899, 1909, 1919, or 1929?
4: 1899.
1: It was 1929. The first phone was installed in the White House. Get this. The the radio went in before the phone. Hmm. They had a a radio about six years before they had a phone. It was on this date that the first recorded printed use, that means, you know, recorded not a record. We mean that there's notation that this happened, of OK. You know, Mm OK. Yes, OK first occurred in Boston's morning Newspaper, Boston Morning Post, to be specific, did OK. Was its origin in 1939, 1909, 1899, or 1839?
6: 1909.
1: It was 1839. OK. First showed up. 1903. These brothers obtained an airplane patent. Tell me the name of the brothers, Kimmy. The Wright brothers. You're right. Not wrong. Okay, it was on this date in 1921, Arthur G. Hamilton. Now think about this: 1903, the Wright brothers get their airplane patent, right? A few years later, 1921, Arthur G. Hamilton set a new parachute record when he safely jumped from 24,400 feet. Hmm. It was on this date. A show that you would know eventually on television made its debut on radio, where it was very successful. Eventually, go to TV for a long period of time that's Truth or Consequences, was heard on radio for the very first time. That was in 1940. It was 1950. It was on TV for a long period of time. They tried to resurrect it a couple of times, too. Beat the Clock premiered on CBS TV. Have you ever seen a version of Beat the Clock? Mm And Omani Hall did one of them. Mm -hmm. No, I haven't. All right. Okay. It was on the... Actually, what's really interesting, the very first Beat the Clock host was Bud Collier, who was the voice of Superman on on radio and was also the voice of Superman in the Fleischer cartoons animation and in the 1966 uh, New Adventures of Superman. Okay. He was a host of that as well. It's 1961. This recording artist recorded this song. Question for you, Kimmy, two-part question. Tell us the recording artist and the name of the hit.
4: What is men say only fools rush
1: Okay, Kimmy, tell me the name of the recording artist.
6: Elvis.
1: That's right, it is Elvis Presley. Tell me the name of the hit.
4: I Can't Help Falling in Love with You.
6: I can't help falling in love.
1: And you know Kimmy, Blake Overard, Tug, the Bull Terrier's dad would be been quite upset with you if you'd missed that. Oh, one. I know. Yeah, he's lectured you at the recent uh, Melbourne Toy and Comic Con that uh, you can't miss Elvis questions. I know. Yes, yeah, he, uh, he he told you a thing or two about Graceland, didn't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was on this date, 1964, that John Lennon's first book in his own right was published. Have you ever read that since you're the Beatles freak? No. It was 1965. America's first two-person space flight took off from Cape Kennedy. It was with astronauts Virgil Grissom, that's Gus, and John W. Young. They they were on board. Now this craft was part of a certain project, Kimmy. Now I will repeat the very beginning. 1965, first two-person space mm-hmm. flight was this part of Project Mercury, Atlas, Gemini, or Apollo? Gemini. Ooh, okay. You you have paid attention. <laughs> that is good. It was on his date in 1972. This motorcycle Daredevil broke ninety-three bones after successfully jumping thirty-five cars. Who is that daredevil, Kimmy?
4: Evil Knievel. What a jump! Evil's riding the amazing strike cycle. That gyro power sends him over a hundred feet at top speed.
7: And he's not through yet.
3: Into the dragster. Evil super sprint car with goods in drag chute to slow him down. What a hook.
1: And now, the Sky Cycle. That daredevil death-defying supersonic skyplane on wheels. And here he is on the super cool chopper bike. With the power that can really rip. He's sensational. He's Evil
5: Knievel. He's a knockout. He's ideal.
1: Yes, he is. He's ideal. The Evil Knievel. I have one of those. The originals. And uh, that is uh, the Stun cycle and also an evil. By the way, you might be able to find one of those at the upcoming collectible show happening in Florida. That's at the Daytona Beach Comic Book Convention happening Sunday, April 23rd. I know of quite a few vendors bringing classic toys, vintage toys like that. That might be the place where you can find something. Correct, Kimmy? Mm -hmm. Now, the next question we have for you is about a TV game show, Kimmy. It aired for the very last time in 1973. It was resurrected quite a few times. They tried uh, the show had been on NBC for 15 years. They actually had board games were out. And when you, I, I know when you were a kid, you probably still even saw the board game. It stayed on shelves for a long period of time. Schools would have it sometimes to try to motivate kids with, you know, uh, certain things. Uh, see if you can identify the game show. I think it's almost close to impossible, to be honest, with its theme. Because its theme kind of sounds like other things too but let's just do it for the fun of it maybe you are some kind of freak and you can identify this tv game show here we go 1973 this aired for the last time It is not music from The Price is Right. It is not some. It almost sounds like a little prices. Mm-hmm. Like prices Righty, uh, you know, like maybe some game, you know, that they would have on Prices Right. Be mm-hmm. used for. It. No, the game show was called Concentration. I don't know if you remember Concentration mm. at all. Do you, Do you remember that show? Mm-mm. All right, Concentration came to an end, in 1973, after 15 years on NBC TV. It was on this date, 1977. The first of the Nixon interviews. There would be 12 of them recorded over four weeks, are videotaped. That's with British journalist David Frost interviewing the former United States president about Watergate. It was on this date 1978. The police signed with A&M Records. Van Halen in 1979 releases the album Van Halen 2. It was on this date in 1981. CBS Television announces plans to reduce this television show to just 30 minutes each weekday morning. The year is 1981. Here is your audio clue, Kimmy. Tell me the name of that TV show. Are you ready? Mm-hmm.
4: I can't believe it. Mr. Moose! Mr. Moose, I-, I-, I have to talk to you. Whatever you're doing, come here, please.
6: My friends! And you are my friends. And don't let
4: anybody tell you that you're not my friends. Mr. Moose. I come here today to ask you to vote for me, Mr. Moose. Uh, Mr. Moose. For just a second, son. I'll be with you in a moment. Son? As I was saying, if you elect me as president of the United States, every American will have antlers. Mr. Moose. Even the uncles of the whole United States. Mr. Moose. Think thing. We'll all live in the forest. Mr. Moose. And all of our friends will be bunny rabbits. Mr. Moose. Yes, young man, what can I do for you? Yeah, yeah young man don't you have any idea who i am stand up taller i oh it's you
1: yes (laughs) who is it who is mr moose talking to kimmy captain kangaroo Yes, Captain Kangaroo, this is the original theme to Captain Kangaroo. 1981, CBS TV announces plans to reduce the captain to a 30-minute show each weekday morning. Now, that's the theme Kimmy knows I know quite well, and I'm sure many of the listeners to the Riley and Kimmy show know. But they did change the theme, Kimmy, when they adjusted the show, too. They gave it a new theme.
7: Morning, Captain. Good
1: morning, Captain.
3: Morning, Captain.
1: Good morning, Captain. Good morning. Good morning,
6: Captain. Good morning, Captain. Won't you come on out and play? Wake up the sunshine and share this friendly day. Good morning, Captain. It's a smiling song we sing. Because we're happy to see you and the good times that you're Hey good morning. Hello, how do you do? The sunshine.
1: Sunshine. Sunshine. Okay, give me a question for you is do you like that uh, new version that they did of the captain theme or do you like the original theme? I like the original. Yeah, this is the one you like, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, yeah, they, they redid you know, redid the captain. Yeah. Captain Kangaroo, throwback Thursday here just for a few <coughs> seconds. Kimmy, who was your favorite character on the Captain Kangaroo show? Uh, who who was your very favorite? I don't know. Bunny Rabbit? Oh, you you dunk him. And you thought he was the best. You kind of identify probably with Bunny Rabbit. You're both so talkative, right? <laughs> yeah, like, Kimmy, yeah. Kimmy, I thought maybe you and Mr. Moose would be, uh, you know, the one you would identify yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. And what did Mr. Moose used to... Cause to fall onto the captain. Ping pong balls. Yes, ping pong balls. Matter of fact, you might still be able to see one of those original ping pong balls that was used on the Captain Kangaroo show in downtown DeLand at Kara Sells Collectibles. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Jim Carra has an original Captain Kangaroo ping pong ball mm-hmm. and other things too. So uh, stop on by and say hey to him. Moving back to trivia for Kimmy on this date in history. And by the way, still feel free to help out Kimmy. It was on this date in 1983. Dr. Barney Clark died after 112 days with a permanent artificial heart. It was on this date in 1985. Musician Billy Joel and his uptown girl were married in New York. Who was it? Christy Brinkley. That's right. Now, with it, just for fun of it, Kimmy what year did they get divorced they were married in 1985. Well, let's just ask you this did they make it 10 years or not I say no no they did not 1994 is when they were divorced 1985 this musician held his first concert As a matter of fact he held it in San Antonio Texas let's see if you can identify who this is here is one of their hits from 1984 Too Late for Goodbyes, number one on the AC charts in 1984, Kimmy, who is a recording artist who had his first concert in 1985? Julian Lennon. That is correct. Now, can you tell me the other hit that was right at the Too Late for Goodbyes release time period? Can you Mm -hmm. tell me the other one? No. The number four hit was this one.
6: Sitting on the
7: doorstep of the house again.
1: That was Volat, the title track to the album. remember, remember that one? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know I, I, did, did you see him perform anywhere in your area where I was at that time period? They tried to bring him in and they could not sell 500 tickets in 1985 mm. and they had to cancel the the appearance. Did you Mm-mm. ever see him? And I, I was actually going to be part of the radio station event with that one. I was very disappointed because I you know I especially loved Too Late for Goodbyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to see him perform. 1987, this soap opera premieres on television. Kimmy, now I don't know if you've ever seen this show. I'm, matter of fact, I'm, eh, I'm I'm almost 90% sure you used to kind of watch it sometimes. Let's see if you can identify what this soap opera was. I don't think it's on anymore with its theme. Here is your audio clue. Oh, no, this this is amazing. I, I can't believe this. She's nodding. She says she knows what it is. Well, let's just see how smart you are, Kimmy. First of all, what network did this soap opera air on? CBS. That is correct. You're you're going for it here. Going for the gold. Tell me the name of the soap opera that premiered on this date 1987. The Bold and the Beautiful. How on earth did you know that one?
6: And it's still on. It is. Mm-hmm. It's one of them
1: that's still there. Yes. I, I I didn't know that. I couldn't tell you one character on that show. I don't think I ever watched an episode Ridge of Ridge and Brooke. Oh, wow, that's scary. Mhm, and Eric and <laughs> Oh boy. She Was this an offshoot of Young and the Restless? Allie and Was this an offshoot? Were they part of the same world uh, that they shared Uh, characters and stuff? I think so. Okay. Well, that's all I need to know about that. Now, from the amazing science part that people didn't really know about, and it's kind of scary when you think about it, section, it was 1989, a 1,000-foot diameter asteroid misses the Earth by 500,000 miles. That's not that much. That's basically... You know, two moons distances, roughly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 500,000 miles. Uh, yes, it was on this date, Kimmy, 1998. This movie won 11 Oscars at the Academy Awards. My question for you is, what was the name of the movie? What year? It's good. Kimmy pays attention to the Riley and Kimmy show. Here we go. It was on this date, Kimmy, 1998.
6: This movie won. The went- Titanic. I'm the king of the
1: Yes, yeah, so eleven Oscars. Titanic and Kimmy, I think saw that movie at least fifty times. I'm trying, but yeah, I, I, I think, saw it a few times. I think you saw it at least fifty times in theater. I th- I think you did. I'm I'm not certain, but I, I think you did. 1998, a German company agreed to purchase the American publisher Random House for 1.4 billion dollars. The merger created the largest English language book publishing company in the world. In 2001, Russia's orbiting Mir space station plunged into the South Pacific. This was after 15 years of use. Do you remember people freaking out, wondering where it was going to crash? Mm, you, yeah, you, you, you probably so. You don't remember that, do you? And then I think they had contests. If you could bring a piece of Mir somewhere, mm. you would win. You remember yep.
6: that?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay, moving over to celebrity and notable birthdays. Here is your clue, Kimmy. This is an actress. Now, she has multiple birthdays. We're not asking you any question about her her age because she's no longer with us she was either born in 1903 or 1904 unknown she died in 1977 now after her death her adopted daughter wrote a well-known tell-all book titled mommy dearest in 1978 who is the mystery birthday person Joan Crawford that's correct now have you ever seen her in a movie you like have I ever seen her in a movie I like yes Yes. I'm just curious. Have you, does anything she's done ever stand out that you liked? No. No. Whatever happened to baby Jane, maybe? No. Okay. Have you ever seen that movie? I'm not sure. Well, we got, that's another class. We got to get Kimmy. Here's one we'll recommend for Kimmy. Trog. Yes. You need to see Trog. Mm. Actually, Trog was her last film when I think when she saw it, she decided it was time to, to hang it up. Mm. And yeah. And, but she, what's interesting about her, is she does the very first night gallery film. TV film uh, that causes the series to launch. She does do Night Gallery. Hmm. And then when she was caught on a, uh, by a photographer in 1974 and they published a photo of her, she refused to go out in public anymore because of the way she felt she looked. She, she um. wouldn't appear anymore. Joan Crawford, birthday today. Werner Von Braun, born on this date, 1912, died 1977 at the age of 65. Literally, he had the title Rocket Scientist, Kimmy generally regarded as the father of the United States space program yes he he is the father of the Saturn V mhm don't sound so enthused there mm. Yay! (laughs) Okay, that's a little bit. Okay, all right. Roger Gilbert Bannister, born on this date in history. He is 88 years old. You're going to say, who is Roger Gilbert Bannister? Well, who is mm -hmm. Roger Gilbert Bannister? I'm glad you asked. He's a neurologist, a British athlete. He's the first man to run the mile in less than four minutes. Bannister's exact time was three minutes at 59.4 seconds. Mm, his record. I, I can run a mile in less than 30 minutes. <laughs> okay, well, his record lasted just 46 days. He reached this record with minimal training, didn't train very much at all because he was practicing as a junior doctor. Mm. Yes think if he had more time. You can run in under 30 minutes? Mm-hmm. You think?
4: Yes, I can we I'm, take, I'm very uh,
1: confident I can. In under 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. You are you are 100% on that. Uh-huh. So at an upcoming event we could challenge you <laughs> with that, correct? We we mm-hmm. can say, "Okay, can Kimmy run a mile at the Daytona Beach Comic Book Convention in under 30 minutes?" Mm-hmm. Start your clocks. <laughs> under 30 minutes okay give me craig breedlove somebody which you would probably uh like to be like craig breedlove born on this date he is 80 you wonder who craig breedlove is kimmy because i have a who feeling is you don't, craig well, breedlove? oh i'm glad you asked he's an american professional race car driver and five time world land speed record holder he was the first person in history to reach 500 miles per hour also the first person to reach 600 miles per hour using several turbojet-powered vehicles, all of them named the Spirit of America. And one of them, I think, was the inspiration for one of my favorite toys, the SST, that they had. Mm -hmm. I I love that thing. But yeah, the cars look really cool, and I have a feeling maybe he influenced you indirectly the way you drive.
4: Yeah, I do that every day.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, Kimmy, this musician born on this date in history, identify who he is. I'm going to play... His number one hit from nineteen eighty-six. It was number one on the rock charts, number fifteen on the hot one hundred. And he was part of a a very popular group of the seventies and going into the eighties. See if you can identify who he is. Are you ready for your audio clue?
6: Mm -hmm.
1: Jimmy, can you identify who that birthday person is? Rick Casey. All right. Rick Casey, or Casey, however way, whatever way you wish to uh, pronounce it, was a founder of what band? The Cars. That's correct. Wrote most of their music, too. How old is he today within five years? Sixty-eight. Oh. Did you know that, or somebody yelled that in your ears? I uh, mm, wow, you got that exactly. Number just
4: popped in my wow, head. Wow,
1: you got it exactly right. Now, do you have that emotion in motion Mm-mm. at all? Did you like his solo stuff like that? Mm-mm. You didn't care for it, okay? Next person having a birthday is a singer. Tell me who this is, Kimmy, and identify the hit song from the 80s, 1984 to be specific. Here is your audio clue. All right, Kimmy, tell me the name of that mystery birthday person. Shaka Khan. And the name of the song. I Feel For You. Yes, Shaka Khan, I feel for you. Kimmy, 1984 is when it peaked on the charts. Next question for you is, did it hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100? I say yes. No, it did not. It peaked at number three on the Hot 100. It was number one on the R&B charts. (sighs) Yes, we played that one to death when I was spinning in clubs. Love mm-hmm. the 12-inch version. If you've never heard that, check that out if you like that song. It's it's really cool. Moving over somebody else having a birthday. I have a feeling you have no idea who this actress is. That's Amanda Plummer. Probably don't know who she is, right? Mm-mm. All right, Amanda Plummer having a birthday. She's 60. Best known for her work on stage and for her roles in films such as Joe versus the Volcano. Did you ever see that in 1990? Mm -mm. Uh, Mm -mm. Wasn't that with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Hanks. Yeah, yeah. How about The Fisher King? You saw that in 1991. She was Uh in that. And that's with, uh, what's his name, Bridges, right? Yeah,
4: yeah, Jeff Bridges and Robin Williams.
1: Yes, and then she was in Pulp Fiction in 1994. The Hunger Games Catching Fire in 2013. That's Amanda Plummer who is 60 today. Richard Greco, you remember him? Mm. On 21 Jump Street?
4: Not really. Yeah, okay.
1: Well, he's a former fashion model. Had his own show called Booker. It was an offshoot of 21 Jump Street. Won't ask you a single question because Booker ran on on Fox. It was a spinoff. Ran from September 1989 to May of 1990. Just one season. He is 52 today. Moving over to another section of trivia today. I see. Moving over to Notable Deaths, see how you do here, Kimmy. This person passed away in 1964, actor, at the age of 59, but he looked a lot older than 59. Matter of fact, he looked older for a long period of time than what he was, except for the early years he appeared young, you know, his age, if that, if you will. But he accelerated, his, his looks accelerated very rapidly by the 1950s. See if you can identify who he is. Here is your audio clue. Well, Rick, after tonight, I'll be through with the whole business. And I'm leaving, finally, this
2: Casablanca myself. Found myself much more reasonable. Look, Rick. You know what this is? Something that even
7: you have never seen. Letters of transit signed by General Vigon Cannot be rescinded, not even questioned. One moment. Tonight I'll be selling those for more money than even I have ever dreamed of. And then, adieu, Casablanca. You know, Rick, I had many a friend in Casablanca, but somehow, just because you despise me, you are the only one I trust. Will you keep these for me, please?
1: Kimmy, you just recently saw this movie for the very first time with me. I'm going to give you one more audio clue from something else, just in case you're not sure who this is.
7: Oh, it's the most unusual story. You know, it's a great love drama. I am to be a half-mad
3: scientist. I, a poor peasant, have conquered science. Why can't I conquer love? (laughs) He shall be shut up when it's I (laughs) who am mad. (laughs) But nobody knows that. Each man kills the thing he loves.
1: Who is that mystery birthday person, Kimmy?
3: Peter
6: Lorre.
1: That is exactly right. It is Peter Lorre. Passed away on this date in 1964. And you remember him in Casablanca, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Kimmy still has not seen him in the Maltese Falcon. you got to see him there, too. It was on this date in history this individual passed away. Here is your clue, Kimmy. She was paid a record-breaking $1 million to play the title role in the historic epic Cleopatra 1963, the most expensive film made up to that point During the filming, she got involved with Richard Burton, and they ended up getting married in 1964. It was his second marriage and her fifth at that time. Can you tell me who this person is that passed away on this date in history?
4: Elizabeth Taylor.
1: That is correct. Now, within five years, what year did she pass?
4: Um... 2013.
1: Yeah, close. She passed in 2011. Was she in her 60s, 70s, or 80s? 80s. She was 79 when she passed. Next person to pass away on this date in history is Joe Gergiola. Remember him? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he uh, passed away on this date in 2016 at the age of 90. He played nine seasons in Major League Baseball, St. Louis Cardinals, Pittsburgh Pirates, and Chicago Cubs, also for the New York Giants. And he was also well-known outside of baseball for having been one of the regular panelists on the Today Show for many years. You saw him on game shows. You saw him on talk shows, hosted all kinds of things, even the dog. Remember, he was part of the dog uh, uh, thing for a period of time.
6: Mm -hmm. Remember the dog Mm -hmm. show? Mm -hmm.
1: That was his. Next person to pass away on this date, uh, you probably do not remember. I don't even know if you know the TV show. 2016, we saw the loss of Ken Howard. He died at the age of 71, best known for his role as basketball coach and former Chicago Bulls basketball player, Ken Reeves. That was a character in the television show, The White Shadow. Did you ever watch that? hmm You watch The White Shadow on TV? Mm-hmm. I never saw an episode of that. It aired on CBS from 1978 to 1981. That kind of surprises me. I didn't, didn't think you would even know that show. Mm-hmm. All right, Kimmy. I think you did a fantastic job on this Throwback Thursday. I think we'll go back in time and honor something from trivia. And that's the Riley and Kimmy Show, being Joan Crawford's birthday today. Kimmy, I thought we'd go back in time and. And play a couple of things of Joan Crawford's, if you don't mind. And actually, she did a lot of the Golden Age of Radio. People might be surprised by that. Yes, she was a big movie star, but she stayed active in people's minds with roles on radio. These are very good examples of the Golden Age of Radio. A lot of uh, ear candy. Definitely the theater, the mind being demonstrated at its pinnacle. And she's in a couple of suspenseful thriller kind of episodes here. First one's called The Ten Years from 1949. Side note here, be sure to listen for Paul Fries. He is the announcer of this episode. Voice of Boris Badenov, also a narrator in so many things. The man of 10,000 voices. Uh, you, you hear him out at the Haunted Mansion and stuff like that. He's part of this as well. And then the next Joan Crawford episode, Uninterrupted is called Three Lethal Words from 1951. Here we go back in time to 1949. Here's Joan Crawford with The Ten Years on the Riley and Kimmy Show.
3: Suspense. Tonight, transcribed, Autolite brings you Miss Joan Crawford in The Ten Years, a suspense play produced and directed by Anton M. Leder. And now, Autolite presents Joan Crawford in a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Suspense.
0: Everyone is so good to me. I like being here. But some of the others don't, I guess. Do you hear? They scream sometimes like that in the night. Maybe they scream because they remember things. But I remember things too. Especially when people come out from town to see me. To bring me things. But there's nothing. Nothing that I want. They can't bring back my sister. My beautiful sister, Adele. They came today. And with them, they brought back memories of Adele. When we were children. The night that Mother died. The night we made the promise.
5: Don't cry anymore, Adele. I'm afraid, Clara. We're alone. You're not alone. But if something happened to you... Nothing's going to happen to me. I'm going to take care of you. But that's what Mother said. And now she's left us, too. But Adele, Mother didn't know that she... She wouldn't have left us if she could have helped. Promise me you won't die, Clara. And that whatever I do, you'll do. And that... And that you'll never leave me. I promise. And we'll be together... Always and forever. Always and forever. I promise.
0: And for years I kept that promise. Adele and I were as close as anyone could be. We had few friends, but I didn't mind as long as she was happy. But sometimes I was frightened at the way she clung to me after we were grown. I was afraid of what would happen to her in case anything ever happened to me. And then something did happen. I met Douglas Foley. Adele liked him until she realized that I'd fallen in love with him. Then she hated him in a childish, vicious way. He tried to win her over, but it was no good. And then he asked me to marry him. And I said yes. That night, after he'd gone, Adele was waiting for me in my room.
5: Adele? (laughs) Adèle, you're so white. You're ill. But you promised
0: me. But Adèle, I'm not leaving you. You're going to live with us. No, it won't be the same.
5: You promised always and forever. But we were children, Adèle. You promised we'd be together always and forever. Adèle, I. You, you see, Adele, Clara. If you marry him, I'll never speak to you again.
0: But we were married. And we believed that Adele would forgive us in time But she didn't She refused to see us And letters went unanswered Then when we learned that my husband's new job Was to take us to Europe I first thought of Adele If she would only go with us But when we drove to her house She refused even to come to the door And we were forced to sail without her My son Doug was born in Europe And I wrote Adele a long letter Telling her about him But the letter was returned, unopened. When Doug was just ten, we returned to America. I went directly from the station to Adele's house. She was working in the garden when we drove up. I was shocked at her appearance. Her hair had turned almost white, and there was a strange look about her. I sent Doug to the gate to introduce himself. She looked at him in a puzzled manner. Then she saw us sitting in the car. And she turned and walked into the house. The next thing I remember was that day one month after my return home when I was put on trial for murder. For my husband's murder.
7: (coughs) Mrs. Foley, will you tell us again what happened the night of your husband's murder?
0: My husband was working in the garden all day. When it began to grow dark, I called him in. But he insisted that he had something to finish. I called him several times after that, and then I became irritated and I gave up. I had my dinner alone and I went up to my bedroom.
7: Then you do admit that you quarreled with him the night of the murder. We
0: didn't quarrel. I was irritated, but I said nothing to my husband.
7: I see. Your husband's death was caused by a deep, narrow wound in the vicinity of the heart. It is the opinion of this court that the instrument used might have been an ice pick. Mrs. Foley, have you any other ideas as to what might have inflicted this wound? No. Had your husband any enemies, Mrs. Foley?
0: No. And so I was acquitted that day because of insufficient evidence. I thought Adele would come to see me during those awful days, but she didn't. I saw her in the courtroom, but she never looked my way. I believe it was about two months after the trial that my son and his friend Roy went on an all-day hiking trip to the beach. They were late getting back. It was almost dark when I saw Roy coming up the street. He was alone, and he was
5: running. Mrs. Foley! Mrs. Foley! Roy, where's Doug? He's down at the beach, with her. With whom? Your sister! My sister?
0: Oh, for heaven's sake, Roy, will you tell me what this is all about?
5: Well, you see, Mrs. Foley... Doug and I went down
0: to the beach. It seemed that Roy and Doug had forgotten to take along their drinking water. And they hadn't missed it until they'd come to a very deserted strip of the beach.
5: Maybe we can get some water at that little house over there. Funny place for a house, isn't it? Yeah. Come on. Looks like nobody lives here. All the better. You can just drink out that faucet in the yard. We won't have to ask nobody. Come on. Sure run down, ain't it? Maybe the faucet isn't working. The garden's all dead. Sure it's worth it, see? Someone's just plain lazy then. Or maybe no one lives here. Sure they do. There's a mailbox. Hey, maybe there's a name on it. Look. Miss Adele Norris. That's Mom's sister. Yeah? Well, let's drop in and see her. She wouldn't even know who I was. You could tell her, couldn't you? Say, maybe she'd give us some cake or something. No. She's mad at me and Mom. Come on, let's get out of here. Say, Doc. Look at all those dead leaves on the porch. Let's have a look around. No, she might come out. Oh, she can't hurt you, can she? Let's peek in the window. No, Rod. Look, Doug. The place is all upset. It's all dirty and everything. Let's look in the rest of the windows. There's no one around. Here's the kitchen. Hey, look at all the dirty dishes piled up. Say, maybe my aunt's sick. Look. Someone's coming to the window. Oh! What do you want? We wanted to see if you were all right. Go away. Don't you recognize me? No. Are you sick? No. I'm your nephew, Douglas Foley. Go away, whoever you are. I'd like to help you. Go away, I said. Mother wouldn't want me to leave you here like this. Who is your mother? I told you. Don't you remember? She's your sister. I have no sister. My sister died when I was 18. Roy, you go home and get my mother. My aunt's sick. I'll climb through this window, and I'll see if there's anything I can do. You stay out of this house. Doug, let's both go. She doesn't want you here. She's sick. You go for my mother. And hurry. If you come into this house, she'll be sorry. If you... dared. Did you say your name is Douglas Foley? Yes, yeah, that's right. You Douglas feel... Foley is dead. For ever and ever. No, don't you see? The one who died was not that. This bi- folly became between two sisters, and then he died. Yeah, but I'm trying to tell you, my mother and but you. if he, he isn't dead, then I guess he'll have to die again. That's it. Yes, he'll have to die again. He'll have to die again. Hello, oh, you're sick. You need help. I'm sick? Yes. Don't you want me to come in? Yes. Come in. Douglas Foley.
3: For suspense, Autolite is bringing you Joan Crawford in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. And now, Autolite brings back to a Hollywood soundstage Miss Joan Crawford as Clara in The Ten Years by Mel Dinelli, a tale well calculated to keep you in Suspense.
0: You see how clearly I remember things? I remember so well the horror of that moment when Doug's little friend finished telling me how he had left Doug there alone with my sister Adele. And I even remember what Roy said at the end.
5: So I came back to tell you, Mrs. Foley, what account of Doug made me. Now I wish I hadn't left him there with her. I know she's your sister and all, but I saw her face when she came to the window. She looked awful, Mrs. Foley. She looked awful crazy. I
0: followed Roy's directions, and I went by foot north along the ocean. I must have walked a good mile before I came to the house. The front door was standing open. There was a lamp burning on the table. Adele? She lay on the bed. I couldn't see her very clearly by the candlelight, but I could see that she was fully dressed. Her hair was undone and it spilled down over the pillow. For a moment, I thought. I thought she was dead. What do you want? Adele? What do you want? It's me, Clara. Where's Douglas?
2: He's dead. Adele! Your husband is dead. I I don't mean
0: my husband. I mean my son. Where is he?
2: He was murdered with a long
0: shot. Be still! You don't know what you're saying. Where is my son? I haven't seen him. You have? He was here, I know that. I haven't seen yes, him. Yes, you have. Try and remember. Where is he? I
6: don't know.
0: Yes, you do know. What have you done to him?
5: Was he your son?
2: Yes, Adele. Please. I hated him. I know. Where is he, Adele? He went away. Where?
5: Where did
6: he go? Yes.
2: He went to the village for a doctor. Are you telling me the truth? Yes. No. How long ago did he leave?
5: I don't admit. Will you stop questioning me? Can't you see that I'm sick? I tell you he went for a doctor. Why do you come here, Clara? After ten years?
0: I've come to help you. I don't need your help.
2: Adele, did Doug really go for the doctor? You think I'm lying?
0: I don't know. But if he isn't back soon, I'm going for the police.
5: The police, those fat fools!
0: I'm so sick, Clara.
5: I oh, know. I'm
0: going to take your things off, Adele. You'll be more comfortable. Then, when the doctor comes, if he comes,
5: don't you touch me! You're
0: sick, Adele. Let me take your things
5: off. No, no! Can't you leave me alone? Leave me alone! How do you know what's good for me after all these years? <laughs> I'm in pain, Clara. I have a heavy pain here by my heart. When I'm tightly laced, I can almost bear it.
0: All oh. right. All right, darling. We'll leave it till the doctor comes.
5: Will the doctor help me, Clara?
2: Of course he will.
5: Douglas slowly came between two sisters. Shh. Oh, dear. He worked in the garden. Bending down low. I'm so tired, Clara.
0: I know. Try and rest, Adele. Close your eyes.
5: He was working in the garden. And I was on my way home. I saw him there, Clara. He looked the same after ten years. Because he had your strength to draw from. But I was alone. I had grown old. And he had stayed young, young. And
0: then he... And then she seemed to doze off. Her breathing was so labored. And I thought, perhaps she'll rest more easily if I undress her. And I went over to the bed. She was wearing a corset. I reached over and I began to unhook it. She started mumbling something in her sleep.
2: You broke your promise. Always and forever, you and sir. But she
0: didn't wake up. Always. And I finally managed to take her corset off. But as... As I went to place it on a chair, I noticed something sticking out of the material. At first I thought it was a broken stay, but it was round and one end was sharp. I looked closer. It was a steel knitting needle. A long steel one. And there was rust on it. Or was that brown stain rust... Adele had concealed a knitting needle, and there was proof of what I guess I'd always known, that Adele had murdered my husband. I dropped the needle to the floor. Then something caught my eye. There was a hand sticking out from beneath the bed. It was white and still. It was a child's hand. I fell to my knees. Oh, Doug, Doug! And just as I reached out for him, I... I felt a sharp blow on the back of my head. Unconscious. I dreamed. I dreamed that Adele and I were children again. And that she was laughing. And we were playing an old game of ours where we tied each other up with our bathrobe cords. And then we waited for a knight in armor to rescue us. And then I think it was the odor of kerosene that brought me to. The room was filled with it. Oh, my head was pounding. I couldn't seem to focus my eyes. I tried to raise myself to my feet, but I... I I couldn't seem to move my arms, my legs. Suddenly I realized why. I was tied. With a bathrobe cord. I was a child again. Adele and I were playing our games again. My husband and everything that had happened between Adele and me had been nothing but a bad dream. Oh, a feeling of relief swept over me. Suddenly I, I heard footsteps and the door creaked slowly open. And then I knew that what had happened had not been a dream. For Adele stood there in the doorway. Not Adele the child who would rescue me. But Adele with gray hair, who hadn't spoken to me for all those years. She wore a long dressing gown. She was barefoot, her long hair streaming about her shoulders. And there was a vacant, stupid smile on her face. She carried a bucket in her hand. And the odor of kerosene filled the room. She didn't seem to notice me as she went past me. She threw the liquid from the bucket onto the table. Adele! No, Adele! but she paid no attention to me. She left the room again. I struggled. I struggled wildly, but it was no use. Oh, I was tied securely. And then I saw a still figure on the bed. It was Doug. Oh, his face was so white. He was unconscious, and there was a deep gash at the side of his head. And then Adele came back into the room. She had filled that bucket to the brim, and she walked toward the bed again. Clara? Adele, untie me.
2: Untie you? Why?
0: Adele, listen to me.
2: This is your son,
5: Clara. Yes,
0: yes, Adele, untie me. We were
2: looking for him, and he was here all the Please, time. untie me, Adele. I never knew your son. For years, I never knew him.
5: How old is he, Clara? He's only ten. He's just a boy.
0: Adele, you're sick. Untie me and we'll go for a doctor. You want me to be well, Clara?
5: Yes, untie me. Are we friends again, Clara? Yes, we're friends. I want to help you. But I can't forget the ten years, Clara. I must wash those years away before we can really be friends again. Adele, forget those years. Let me help you. Untie me. No. We can't forget them, Clara. We must wash them away. That's what I was doing. I was washing away the years. Your husband's gone. Your son is all that remains of him. Then we can be sisters again. You don't know what you're doing. Untie me, Adele.
2: But this isn't water that I have in the sink. No, you, you see, you're sick. It's what I put into the lamps to make them burn. No! I right, I could burn away
5: the years. Oh, then that would be better. Oh, Much no, better. No, no, Adele, for the love of heaven, untie me! I could burn away these
2: years that remain on the bed. No, Adele, I could do that oh. with this candle. Then you and I could really be friends again, oh. like when mother was
5: alive. We could be sisters again, always and forever. We're, we're sisters
0: now, Adele. You're no. lying.
5: We're not sisters. Adele, listen to me.
0: We're children, and you've tied me with this cord,
2: and now you must untie me like like you used to do when you left me too long and I cried. You're lying. We're not sisters, and we haven't been for
5: years. And now I'm going to punish you for lying, just as Mother used to punish us when we were children.
0: Then she started walking unsteadily toward me, a lighted candle in one hand, the bucket in the other the liquid slapping over her dressing gown as she walked.
2: Clara! Do you remember the time Mother washed out my mouth with soap when she caught me in a fib? That's what I'm going to do to you now. Or perhaps it would be better if I banged no, no. you. Screaming, Clara. Oh? Uh, uh, we'll waken uh. your precious son. We mustn't waken him. <laughs> Adele! Adele, untie me. I, I promise you that I'll take Doug and we'll
0: go
5: away. You'll never have to see us again. Oh, no, Clara.
0: And she kept
2: moving toward me, holding the lighted candle close to her breast. You mustn't ever lie to me again, Clara. Adele,
5: Adele, you're ill. You don't know what you're doing. Wash away the years. Burn away the years. Oh! Suddenly,
0: I saw a tiny flicker of flame on her breast. the filly dressing gown. She had held the candle too close. Her entire dressing gown was a mass of flames that spread swiftly to her hair. In a moment, she was a blazing torch. And the odor of burning filled the room. I can see her face. Surprised and contorted with pain. No! She turned and looked towards the bed a second, the bucket flaming in her hand. No! But then she went screaming out the door and towards the scene. Mrs. Foley. Yes?
2: You mustn't scream like that.
0: I wasn't screaming. That was my sister, Adele.
2: Yes, I know. Try not to think about it, Mrs. Foley.
0: You knew my sister was burned to death, didn't you, Mrs. Willard? Oh, she was so very beautiful.
2: Yes, I know. Try and rest. Is there anything I can get you before I go to bed?
0: No, thank you. Well,
2: go to sleep then.
0: I will. Good night.
2: Good night, and pleasant dreams. Was that my sister, Mrs. Willard? No, no, Mrs. Foley. It's one of the others.
0: Oh, they scream because they remember things.
2: Yes, yes, I suppose they do. Good night.
0: Good night.
5: I remember things, too. I remember. Promise me you'll never leave me, Clara. And that whatever I do, you'll do. I promise. Always and forever.
0: Always and forever. I promise.
3: Thank you, Joan Crawford, for a magnificent performance. Now here again is Miss Crawford.
0: I want to thank Tony Leader and his wonderful cast of actors, especially Lorene Tuttle, who played my sister, for helping me to make my appearance on Suspense so very pleasant. Like all of you, I am a great Suspense fan, and I'm looking forward to hearing next week's story. It's another gripping study in... Suspense!
3: Autolite
7: and its 96,000 dealers present... Suspense!
4: brings you a story of love and hate.
7: A story we call Three Lethal Words starring Miss Joan Crawford. And now with Three Lethal Words and the transcribed performance of Miss Joan Crawford Autolite hopes once again to keep you in Suspense.
0: Mr. Lewis, a Miss Winters to see you. Miss Jane Winters.
7: Jane Winters? Jane Winters? Are you sure she said...
0: Philip. Philip, darling. Jane. Oh, Jane, I... I told them downstairs at the desk. I said, you must be mistaken. It can't be Philip Lewis. He's just a story analyst. They said, no, he's head of the studio story department now. And I just couldn't believe it. Because I've always remembered you as just a reader. One who used to make the most devastating criticisms of the scripts I wrote before I... Well, oh, before I got sick. I've been ill, you know. Did you know I've been ill? But everything's all right now.
7: Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, uh, sit down, won't you, Jane?
0: Thank you. Oh, I'm exhausted. I've been shopping, shopping, shopping all afternoon. I've been buying supplies for my hobby, you know. I do etchings now. Do you know what's in this bottle? Acid. Nitric acid. Eats away the steel plates, you know. Amazingly powerful. As a matter of fact, that's why I'm here. I was buying this, and I got an idea for a story. I'd like to tell it to you if you have a minute.
7: Why, of course, Jane. Oh, uh, <clears throat> Grace, if anyone calls, I'm out.
0: Yes, Mr. Lewis.
7: And, uh, uh tell Johnny Ellman, uh, no, wait a minute, I'll, 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 write it down for you.
0: Last time I was here, Leo Burns was head of the story department.
7: Oh, he's producing now. Oh? Uh, doing very well at Universal.
0: So many changes.
7: Here, Grace, uh, right away. Yes,
0: so many changes. Ah, cigarette? Thanks. It's been a long time, hasn't it, Philip?
7: Yes. You're, uh, you're looking well, Jane.
0: I'm feeling all right now. I, oh, I don't want to talk about me. I want to tell you this idea. It's all worked out in my mind, except the end. I don't like the end. But, well, anyway, we open in the living room of a rather nice little house in the hills above the strip. I don't know if you were ever in the place I once had up there. Anyway, a place like that. It's around two in the morning, and there's this girl pacing back and forth in this living room. Call her Sally. Sally Summers. She's smoking a cigarette, quick, nervous puffs. Abruptly, she flips the cigarette into the fireplace, hesitates a moment, and then picks up the phone. Sally's a screenwriter, not a bad person. If you knew her, really knew her, you'd see she's not a bad person. All she wants is a little affection, a little love. That's all she wants. She's a screenwriter, and she's 43 years old, and she's married to an actor, and he's 19 years younger than she is. It's 2 o'clock in the morning, and she's all alone.
6: Hello, Macombo.
0: Macombo? Is Chris Summers there? Christopher Summers? Uh,
3: One moment, please. I'll see.
0: 43 isn't very old. She's always taken care of herself. Looks ages younger than that. She and Chris have been married almost a year. And her whole life is wrapped up in the boy, and it's been fine till recently. Recently, it... Recently, it hasn't been so fine. Hello? Chris, where have you been? I've been worried sick.
3: No, I'm sorry. Mr. Summers isn't here.
0: Not there. Oh, thank you. She's phoned everywhere. She can't find him. It's getting later and later. And there she is in this empty house above the silent sleeping city, and she's ready to scream. Then she hears this key in the lock.
4: Oh, you're still up?
0: Chris, where have you been? I just about decided to call the hospitals and the police. Where have you been?
4: I don't know. Here and there. You shouldn't have waited up. But
0: But it's almost three. I thought I... Oh, I didn't know what to think. I said to myself, was he in an accident at the studio? But... I phoned and they said no. You'd checked out when they finished shooting at six. And...
4: I, I've been driving around. I drove out to the beach and then I went for a walk. Have
0: you I... eaten, darling? Would you like something to eat or maybe a drink? Don't
4: fuss over me, Sally. That's all I ask. Please don't fuss over me like a, like a mother hen.
0: I, I like to fuss over you. Sorry, I, I didn't realize I was doing the mother hen bit. But you might have phoned me.
4: I didn't feel like talking to anybody. Not anybody.
0: Chris. What happened at the studio today?
4: What difference does it make?
0: Tell me. You're letting it all out on me and it's not fair. I have a right to be told.
4: All right, I'll tell you. One of the Grips had a valise full of greeting cards he was peddling. Greeting cards for Mother's Day. And Harry Minch was on the set and you know what a kid a Harry is. And he bought one for his mother and then he turned to me. I don't want to hear it. You'll hear it anyway. He turned to me and he said, Chris, these Mother's Day cards are beautiful. I said I don't want to hear it. They're beautiful, he said. Why don't you send one to Sally? Sally. And that's not all. I won't listen. Take your hands away from your ears. Let me go. You're going to listen. Chris. I've been getting these dirty dicks since we first started seeing each other. Last summer. I was doing a scene with Ada Field last summer, and someone asked me if I'd seen Sunset Boulevard, and Ada yelled, Seen it, he's
0: living. Oh, please. Please, no more. Please.
4: So now you know.
0: Chris. Look, we knew it wasn't going to be easy.
4: There's knowing and then there's knowing. Leaving the lot this evening, I ran into Harley Duke and I braced him. How much longer am I going to be kept in small parts? I said, how much longer am I going to play third man in the posse in G-Mom? What's for dinner? He said, how can you be built into love's young dream for the Bobby soxes while you're married to someone twice your age? Get wise, kid. He said, get wise. That was seven, eight hours ago. Since then, I've got wise. You what? I'm leaving you.
0: Chris, no. No. Chris, listen to me. It's not a perfect marriage. All right, so it's not a perfect marriage, but it's the only marriage we have, and you try to make it work, for better or worse. That's what he said, for better or worse.
4: I'm leaving. That's what I came back to say. Goodbye, Sarah. Chris,
0: no, I love you. You're all I have.
4: That's your problem. I've got my own.
0: Chris, I won't let you...
4: Get out of my way. Chris! I won't let you! Get out of my way! No!
6: Chris!
0: Ever play with a kaleidoscope when you were a kid, Philip? Little doohickey filled with colored beads and stones? You put it to your eye and you see a wonderful pattern. You turn it a bit and you see a new pattern. Same stones, same beads. But now they make a new pattern. Love changes to hate just like that. Sally looks about the room after Chris leaves. Her gaze falls upon a little ceramic dog he bought for her on their honeymoon in Mexico. And suddenly, she seizes it. And the lamps they bought at auction, at antique shops, one by one, on the coffee table. The hutch table, the easy chair, the love seats, all the books on the shelf. I've pictures on the walls. Oh, I
6: mean,
0: oh. And in the morning, when her maid comes in. Miss... Miss Somers? I'll destroy him. Miss Somers, honey... I'll destroy him. I'll destroy him. I'll destroy him. Hello? Hello, Dr. Kobe's office? I'll destroy him. This Miss Summer's maid. Let me speak to the doctor. I'll destroy him. That's all she says for a long time to come. Just those three words. (laughs) Maybe that ought to be the title. Three lethal words. (laughs) A pun, you know. Now, the next part of the story is... is confused to me. It's, It's not clear in my mind at all. There are doctors in it and people whispering to each other and looking at Sally and a long automobile ride ending at a gate. She's taken to an asylum. A large, sprawling place like a... like a country club with guards... And they start to put her together again. They're very kind and patient and good at their jobs. And they put all the pieces in place. All except one. She hides that one from them Because there's something she has to do. One night while playing canasta with one of the nurses in her room, she starts to do it. Care to play another hand, Sally? Isn't it time for you to go off duty? Oh, it's another half hour. Deal. Okay. Going to town? Mm Mm-hmm. Got a date? Uh Uh-huh. Square dance. Got a new dress I'm going to wear. Nice? Oh. I'd show it to you, but it's my valise. My valise is in the car. Change at your sister's house, huh? Uh Uh-huh. Fifteen. Where are you going? To get a hanky. Oh. They're very careful at the asylum. There's nothing you can use as a weapon. But the bureau in your room has three drawers and you pull out one of the drawers all the way and raise it above your head and get behind the nurse while her back is turned and she's looking at the cards. And then you carry her to the bed and take off her uniform and put it on yourself and cover her with the blankets. Then down the corridor and down the steps and across the lawn to the parking lot there's only one bad moment at the gate. But all the man at the gate can see is your white uniform in the dark. And he knows the car. So you just wave to him. And he opens the gate. And you drive through. And once through, you step on the gas. And you're free. Free!
7: Jane. Jane. What? Sit down, Jane.
0: I, uh, got carried away, uh... Where was I? Uh,
7: Sally was driving away from the asylum. Uh, Have a cigarette.
0: She's driving? Oh, yes. Uh, As she drives through the darkness toward Hollywood, she's filled with a terrible eagerness. You see, she knows exactly what she's going to do. She's not going to kill Chris. Oh, no. No, that's too good for him. He's got to be destroyed but it's no good if he's not alive to appreciate that. He's got to know he's been destroyed and go on knowing it. So she's decided to change that handsome face of his, turn it into a scarred and pitted monstrosity, something that will never, never again face a camera, nor attract a woman, nor cease to remind him that once there was a wife named Sally who loved him so much. She reaches Hollywood at dawn. Then she abandons the car on a side street and walks and walks until she passes a shop selling artist supplies.
3: Can I help you?
0: Yes, I am. Um, I'm doing some etching and you I. need
4: some plates. Got some fine copper plates. Oh, no, just...
0: no, I have enough plates. I'm out of acid, though. What mordants do you have?
4: Let me see. Got some Dutch, got the iron perchlorite, got the nitric. That's best.
0: I'll take a bottle.
4: I, I don't seem to have it diluted.
0: I'll take it full strength.
4: Yes, ma'am. Oh, I don't suppose I have to warn you to be careful about handling no, it.
0: Oh, I'll be very careful. Here you are.
4: Thank you.
2: Doing landscapes?
0: No. No, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm doing a portrait. Portrait of a man. From life. And there she was, out in the street with a bottle in her hand. Bottle just like this one, Philip. She's been a writer and she's known the joy of creation, but it can't compare to the exaltation she feels now. Now, as she goes forth to experience the joy of destruction, I'll destroy him, she says. I'll destroy him. I'll destroy him.
7: Autolite is bringing you Miss Joan Crawford in Three Lethal Words. Tonight's production in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage Miss Joan Crawford in Elliot Lewis's production of Three Lethal Words. A tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense!
0: Sitting here talking to you. It's like old times, isn't it, Chris? Uh,
7: uh, Philip. What? You, you just called me Chris. The name of the young actor in your story. You called me Chris instead of Philip. Philip?
0: Philip? Oh, yes, it's Philip, isn't it? For a moment, I... Uh,
7: Jane, why don't you put the bottle down on the desk? Why? Well, just put it down on the desk, huh? Why should I? Well, you might accidentally spill some, gesturing with it in your hand, and it does contain a powerful acid.
0: Don't you think I know that? Do you think I'm irresponsible or something? no, no, of course not. I don't think I care for your attitude, my young friend. What makes you think I can be spoken to like that? What makes you think you can treat me like this, Chris? What makes you think you can get away with it? You listen to me, Chris.
7: Philip, Jane, not Chris. Philip. Chris is the young man in your story. Uh, Go on with your story, Jane. Yes, I'm enjoying it. Story? Yes. Uh, Sally Summers had just left the shop with a bottle of nitric acid in her hand. Uh, What did she do then?
0: You really enjoy it, don't you? It is rather good, isn't it? except the end. I don't like the end. It's not the end I want. I, I, uh, I, I, I that is she, Sally, sets out to locate Chris. She enters a drugstore, goes into a phone booth. Hollywood
5: 9
0: Hello. This is Mr. Summers' housekeeper. Is it possible for me to speak to Mr. Summers, Christopher Summers? One moment, please. hello 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 mr summers is with the lucifer Labs unit they're shooting out on the back lot today i can't put you through to them get to leave a message no it can wait thank you
4: sure you don't want to come in for a drink huh
2: oh no i want to shower first chris is there any word on her
4: oh no, not worried, are you?
2: Not for myself,
4: no. Well, you don't have to worry about me. Chris... Now go shower. I'll pick you up for dinner. Uh, where are we going tonight?
2: Well, Zelda and Charlie expect us at their place. Chris...
4: Now, don't look so worried. It's all right, I tell you. I'll see you soon. Let's...
0: Hello, Chris.
4: Sally.
0: Long time no see. Well, Sally, I... Sit down, Chris. Sit down.
4: Well, how are you, Sally?
0: I want to look at you. I'd almost forgotten how good-looking you are. You really are, you know. How's the career? The career, how goes it?
4: Oh, all right, I guess. Uh, Sally... How are they look... starring you? Yeah, beginning with this one. Sally...
0: Good. Are you happy? No more dirty dicks?
4: I'm happy, I guess.
0: Just the picture of the lucky girl? She's lovely. So young. I'm very pleased, Chris. This is just the way I wanted you for the moment. Successful, happy, in love.
4: Sally, I I want you to know I never meant to play the heavy in your life. I know. Don't think I never felt badly about everything. I know. Words aren't much good, but I want you to know I didn't mean for you to be hurt. I know. And if there's anything I can do for you.
0: There's one thing you can do for me. Just name it. Look at me. Take a good long look at my face. Why? Because I want it to be the last thing you're ever going to see! Ah! That night, back at the asylum, she enjoys the first untroubled night's rest she's had in a long time. No sedatives, no wet packs, nothing. She just sleeps. And after that, she gives them the part of herself that she's kept hidden. And now they have a real chance to make her whole and well again. But it takes time. Two years, three years, four. And one day they tell her she's as well as they can possibly make her and fit to leave. If she avoids strain, avoids shocks, remembers all that she has learned about herself, there's no reason why she cannot go out and make a place for herself in the outside world. One evening... Shortly after they tell her that, she finds herself in the reception office, police-packed, waiting for the car that will take her away. Her doctor is with her, saying goodbye, and there's a small radio on one corner playing a waltz.
4: Write to me occasionally. I want to hear from you.
0: I'll keep in touch.
4: And if you ever wish to see me...
0: I won't hesitate. Uh, I
4: think I hear your car coming now, yes. Goodbye, Sally.
0: Goodbye, doctor. Break any rules if I kiss you?
4: After this
3: long a friendship,
0: <laughs> i be silly. Thank you.
7: And now the moment for which you have all been waiting. The announcement
4: of the winner of this year's Blaisdell Prize. Any chance of your ever winning the Blaisdell
0: Prize? I've been planning to write the great American novel for some time.
4: <coughs> and
7: so... Without further ado, our guest of honor and the recipient of this year's Blaisdell Prize for the best American novel.
0: Ready, Sally. Wait a minute. I just want to hear this. Ladies and gentlemen,
7: I take great pride in introducing to you Mr. Christopher
3: Summers. Sally.
4: (laughs) Thank you. The pathway leading to the literary life is a rocky one, and in my own case, a sunless one. And were it not for my Lisa and her helping hand... I doubt that I should ever have found it. Some years ago, my sight and my career in an entirely
6: different field of endeavor were destroyed. Sally. That moment, Nurse, turn off. Sally. Sally, listen to me.
0: Sally. Sally. But she, she couldn't stop laughing. For all I know, the car that came to fetch her is still waiting. Isn't that funny? Isn't that the funniest thing you've ever heard? (laughs) I don't know why I'm laughing. Because it's really sad in a way. Really awfully sad in a way. Sit down, Chris. Sit down.
7: Not Chris, Jane. Philip.
0: Philip. I want to look at you. I'd almost forgotten how good-looking you are. You really are, you know. How's the career? The career, how goes it? Jane,
7: Jane, listen to me, I...
0: Are they sorry you?
7: I'm not Chris Jane, I'm Philip, Philip Lewis. Are you happy? No more dirty digs? Jane, Jane, I want you to listen to me. Listen to me very carefully.
0: This is the picture of the lucky girl? She's lovely. So young... I'm very pleased, Chris. It's just the way I wanted you for this moment. Successful, happy, in love.
7: Jane, sit down. You're not well, Jane. Do you understand what I'm saying? I know. you sure you understand? I know. I'm your friend. You and I have been friends for a long time and... I know. Jane, let me have that bottle like a good girl.
0: There's one thing you can do for me.
7: Jane, the bottle, Let, let me have it. Jane, don't open it. Look
0: at me. Take a good long look at my face. Jane. Jane. Because I want it to be the last thing I'll
4: you... will take that, Jane. Hmm? Thank you. Now give me the cap. Give it to me, Jane. There we are. Doctor? Yes, it's all right, Jane. I'm here, I'm here.
0: Nobody loves me.
4: Shh. That's all right, Jane.
0: Nobody. In the whole world. Shh.
4: <laughs> Are you all right? I think so. I'm sorry about this. It's the second time in six years she slipped away. Mind if I sit down? I expect you're going into shock. Uh, do you feel cold? She, uh, she wanted to sell me a story. Yes, I know. She writes it down over and over again. Paints it when we give her paints. Why did she come to you? Any idea? Yes, I I knew her in the old days. Oh, huh? uh, are you a writer too? No,
7: I'm head of the story department here. Find stories to make into movies, you know. Oh,
4: well, that must be very interesting work. It has its moments.
1: It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes.
3: The Riley and Kimmy Show.
1: Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen
0: the bride and groom?